everyone, I'm Apple. What's up guys, I'm Mark. We are two classmates from an education class entitled Historical and Social Perspectives on Education here at Whittier College. And we are coming to you live from the Wardman Library to talk about an interesting topic. Today, we'll be exploring the schools to prison pipeline. Our goal is to inform you on a concerning issue regarding education and how it's systematically pushing students of color away from schools and into prisons at an early age. When you detect the overwhelming pattern of kids from low-income communities, usually Black and Latinx, you see a trend of higher dropout rates, and compared to white students, less of them are seeking higher education. We are eager to dissect this issue in today's conversation. So there are two narratives regarding this phenomenon. One states that the students from disadvantaged backgrounds are being pushed into juvenile detention because of harsh disciplinary school policies that would rather have police than school officials deal with students. Another narrative describing this phenomenon states that students from disadvantaged backgrounds are being neglected in schools to such a degree, influencing them to pursue illicit activities outside of schools that will later lead them into incarceration. In either situation, low-income students of color are being funneled out of classrooms and into prisons. So when do police officers get involved, and where do school administrators draw the line? When does it become a school issue versus criminal offense? So I actually used to work in the front office during my second period, which is when they used to take attendance. And every time a student was late, the teacher would send them to the office to give them a truant card. And now we hear the lady in the back go, if we're late again, we can send the police to your house and they can arrest you and your parents. That doesn't sound right. A student shouldn't fear something like that over something like attendance. We need to get to the underlying reason behind this issue. Why is a student not attending? Because obviously threatening to arrest a student isn't solving the issue and is furthering sentiments of distrust between students and schools. Exactly. Like maybe the student doesn't feel safe for whatever reason. I remember as a kid, I would never ditch, but there was this one time sophomore year, I was so scared of my chemistry teacher, I literally debated ditching class. Oh man, what was so scary about her? She would send kids to the principal's office for the slightest thing. Kids would always get escorted out by security for doing nothing, so even though I was a quiet kid, I was just so scared I would do something to set her off. So ditching class seems to be a reflection of classroom safety. It's very much correlated to how students feel in class. If teachers aren't prioritizing the well-being of their students, of course, they wouldn't go. 100%. I don't think the majority of kids who actually ditch do so because they're bad kids. Ditching isn't a fun activity. You just walk around the school for an hour with nothing to do. There has to be something exclusionary happening in that classroom to make kids feel unwelcome. I mean, I have general evidence supporting that. The Harvard Educational Review published an essay called More Than Model Minorities. The author states that some of the Hmong adolescents from Laos were missing class because of academic difficulties. These students were a part of a community who migrated with their parents at an early age. Truancy in this case was a response to feeling of inadequacy and embarrassment. Interesting. Um, I checked out my high school's policy on excused absences and on section BP 5113 it states, students shall not be absent from school without their parent guardian's knowledge or consent except in cases of medical emergency. What if a student does not feel comfortable or safe disclosing their reason for missing class? Not every parent is a person of trust in that child's life. Yeah, exactly. We need to amplify what we see as valid in terms of absences. Schoolengagement.org provides a few tips to increasing school attendance, which I can agree can be highly influential. It says they need to personally call parents when their child misses and let them know they are concerned. It also states schools need to forge a relationship with local businesses so they can encourage students to go to school instead of learning at their business during school hours. You need to make school a place where students and parents feel welcomed. 
That goes back to what our education professor, Shannon Agbacha, says in regard to there needing to be a connection between parents, communities, and schools. If parents don't have a place in schools to be involved and be an active member of that school community, how can they step in when a child is doing something wrong? I think what schools are struggling with is finding healthy ways to address issues like truancy and misconduct. I also think every school communicates its policies differently. I went to Pasadena High School, which had a fairly mixed population of white and Latinx students. On my school page, I found a long manual with documents communicating these policies. It mentioned everything between mental health to bullying, school safe routes, to health screenings, etc., etc. I mean, it outlined everything. And it's not so much if you can't do this or that. A lot of these documents are there to remind students of their rights. I'm actually happily surprised that my school put a lot of attention into these details. So I grew up in East Los Angeles, about two miles away from Montebello High. The area is 95% Latinx and low income. On my high school website, I don't see anything like that. I found one page listing their policies on cell phone use, drugs, tagging, and respect. Really? So, like, nothing on mental health or positive school climate? Nope. Just one page and their links to the National Gang Center. National Gang Center? What does that say about how your school views their students? I mean, they thought it made more sense to link resources to gang prevention than list their rights or their own policies on mental health or positive school climates like your school did. Interesting. According to Ballotpedia, teachers at Pasadena High School make on average $10,000 more than teachers at Montebello High. This income disparity could have a lot to do with how school administration places effort into ensuring a safe school environment, which includes listing these policies. The difference in wages can also affect academic achievement. Most definitely. Academically, the students at Pasadena High are more college prepared than the ones at Montebello. U.S. News says 48% of the student body at Pasadena High takes the AP test which, as we all know, makes you a more competitive college applicant. But 48% is still only half, which could mean the other half of Pasadena High School students are not college ready. Well, that's still better than Montebello. How many students at Montebello are taking the AP? 24%, which is less than half of those taking it at Pasadena. So what's causing this achievement gap? Is it all correlated to funding? It could be due to funding, but I think it has more to do with the fact that Montebello Police Department is literally connected to the high school campus. Wait, what? The police department is on the school campus? Yep, all the time. How is that legal? That's, there's clear evidence stating that police involvement at schools leads to a higher rate of youth incarceration. That's literally a funnel from schools into prisons. It definitely is. A research project called The Origins and Consequences of School Policing, conducted by the ACLU, found that 51% of high schools with majority black and Latinos enrollment had law enforcement officers on campus. And they found that despite white and black students committing the same offense, black students were more than twice as likely to be referred to law enforcement or be arrested at school. So there are actual studies stating that police officers have been used by school administrators to marginalize students of color, but the city still permits police to be on campus? How does that make sense? I can't imagine the repercussions done to a kid's mental health. Once you come into legal contact with the PD, you get labeled as a criminal. Students will often find themselves stigmatized by their teachers and peers. I totally agree. It takes a negative psychological effect because it desensitizes them to the realness of the issue. Going to juvie, being arrested, being charged isn't a joke. This will affect admission to universities and jobs in the future. It might also make them feel unworthy in spaces where they are the minority. This close association to criminalization will have students internalize it to degrees where they start to see themselves as a criminal. When they navigate their institutions that are predominantly white or wealthy, this internalization will definitely make them feel less than their white counterparts, for sure. I think it's safe to say, as a duo, we are very much against the perpetuation of the schools and prison pipeline. 
We strongly believe schools should implement rehabilitative forms of dealing with students. Things like therapy, after-school programs, healing circles, extracurriculars should be taken into consideration when dealing with students breaking school policy. You heard it here first, guys. Let us eliminate the achievement gap and increase the rate at which minority students pursue higher education by dismantling the school-to-prison pipeline. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Later, guys.